WFH with two guys. Now here's Benny and Dennis. One of the great things that I love, Dennis, when it comes to being able to be creative when we own a business is that it is really up to us. It's it, We have the ability to take on different projects. We can shift um, what we're doing on a daily basis if we wanted. That's not a necessarily a good idea, but I like the idea of being able to be nimble and adapting to what things are going on in the world. I, I'm sure in your, in your business, you, you have similar type of uh, uh, beliefs and, and ideas in that too as well. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I think that's what makes being a, an entrepreneur, a small business unique is we can flip and change based on what's going on in the world where larger companies, while they try to change, it's like moving a battleship and they, they can try to move it, but it takes a while for that rudder to, to turn and for that ship to make the, the swing. And so I think that's where in today's world, we're in a world of change from it, the economy, from COVID, no COVID, you know, boom time to potentially slowing down a little bit. Plus, mm-hmm. and you've got all kinds of new legislation popping in and all kinds of things changing that it's as a small business, there's a lot coming at you and that can be scary, but it's also a great opportunity for a chance for you to react and be ahead of your competition, especially if you're com- competing against some of the big guys. Um, so I think it's today's conversation. We've got a returning guest, Spencer joining us, which was an accountant, is an accountant, but he's going to talk today a little bit more about just things from an entrepreneurial perspective and some things that we all might not even think about and be prepared for as we head into uh, the latter half of this year. Yeah, for sure. Welcome back, Spencer. Thanks for coming back on the show today. Yeah, super happy to be back. And I want to just add one thing to what Dennis said. Yes, I'm an accountant, I'm a CPA, but I'm an entrepreneur. I've had businesses for the last 20 years. So <laughs> I just, I want to be clear that yes, I, 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 I do crunch numbers. I do have a financial services business but I've been an entrepreneur. I've had operating businesses. So I do come from the lens of both sides. Yeah. He's one of us, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, absolutely. So (laughs) (laughs) he's not just a numbers cruncher. He's just not a numbers cruncher. Exactly. So along with what Dennis had said with what's kind of changing in the world today, and we as small business drivers and owners and operators, how, how, what are some things that you're seeing? And I realize you're not an economist that you, you mm-hmm. look at it from an entrepreneurial lens and maybe an accountant lens too, as well. What are you kind of seeing out there in today's world, Spencer? Yeah. I mean, I think overall, there's a pretty strong feel of the, the R word, you know, like recession, mm-hmm. um, a pullback, um, which is, <laughs> Which is doubly challenging because we just went through such a challenging time coming, you know, everybody's feeling like we're finally on the, on the tail end of COVID and things are back to normal. And then, you know, there, there's a contraction in the market as well. So like, I think there's a general feel that that frankly is happening. I wish I would say anything different, but I know the conversations we're having around our businesses, you know, how do we think this is going to impact us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, in in that theme, in that vein of just having to be nimble, what we had talked about early too as well, a topic that we've talked about before even we came on the show, and I think is really fascinating and an area that you really have a lot of insight into. Uh, I, I'm aware of the things that are going on in the world that really are outside it. You know, Dennis and I both work in the technology type spaces, and we really are very pretty focused in that world. But mm-hmm. I recognize too, as well, there are other things that drive 
responses and, and, and motivate individuals. And you had mentioned, I thought this was really interesting, the idea about the carbon neutral or carbon negative even being yeah. something that is is really something worthwhile. Can you give us a little background on that? Maybe tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, and I, it, interesting. I think it ties into the first con- the first bit of the conversation as well. But for me, it, it kind of started off more as like a, a per, uh, just a personal purpose, if you will, something to lean into. You know, I love the outdoors. I do lots of running. I do hiking, backpacking, all the fun stuff outside. And mm-hmm. you know, whether anyone specifically believes in climate change, I don't think it's that controversial. Although there's lots of people that do challenge it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to actually go out and make a difference. And, and I've often struggled as a small business, like owning a small business is tough, right? Like there's lots going on. Um, there's a lot of challenges always coming at us. And so, you know, when I think about leaning into purpose, I started thinking about what's really important to me. And so, you know, if this is something that I can do and, and, and so I ended up finding a way that was profitable for myself to actually become carbon neutral. And I had this like aha moment. Well, you know, like based on the business I do, I serve small and medium businesses. Is there a way that I can help other small and businesses be, become carbon neutral or net carbon negative and do it in a profitable way? Because the way that it's set up right now, I think is kind of broken. Okay, we'll just go invest in a bunch of carbon credits, spend money in order to become carbon neutral, which is kind of like a spend to feel better mode. And mm-hmm. I just didn't think that was the way to have the biggest impact. So I've really yeah. started leaning into that and 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 I found a way to do it myself. And and as I embark on this journey and as I do interviews and I've got a couple of speaking engagements coming up on, on this particular topic is how we as businesses, small businesses actually start to have an impact. So Spencer, what are, what are some of the, I mean, what are some of the ways that you see that a business could do it? Because I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's some, they don't have a clue. Some of them don't yeah. even think about it, you know? So first they got to, they got to get their mindset around that. Yeah. Um, and I know you're probably going to share some facts about the millenniums and all those guys <laughs> that this is important to them. I mean, so, yeah. you know, if you're hiring young, younger employees, this is going to be something they're going to be thinking about here in the future. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of the extension for me of um, kind of the, the initial conversation around, you know, where we are heading into a recession. And so you're, it's like, well, do I really want to be dealing with this right now? Well, you know, and, and I don't have the stat off the top of my head, but it was in the 20% of millennials are now asking about ESG score, particularly. So if they're making investments and I, I do have that stat, it's about 33% of millennials are asking about an ESG score, ESG is environmental, social governance. So uh, that's a regulatory environment for, for certain pubcos. Not everybody has to do it, but A, there will be a trickle-down effect. And B, is these millennials and then um, uh, younger generations are actually moving into the workforce and, and having investments. They're really going to want to be putting their money. There's a higher and higher percentage the younger the generations get wanting to be mindful of this. So my take is even if you're not a, a fully believer in climate change, that's okay because getting to carbon neutral is going to help you attract young talent. And that's yeah. going to be one of the critical things as we go through this next phase. And as we're going into maybe an economic slowdown, being able to differentiate yourself from other businesses, both on the selling side, but also on the recruiting side is going to be really impactful. It, that's really interesting that you should say that. I recently just booked a plane ticket and on my yeah. plane ticket, it showed about how much carbon I was, you know, uh, my flight was going to be using, which yeah. I'd never seen before. This is literally within the last day or so. And I, yeah. and I thought, well, you know, obviously that's there for a reason. And yeah. even, even though 
for some individuals who might be listening to it, it's not that important to them. There are people who it's really important to. And just because it's not something that we grew up having as part of our world, I can tell you as the father of a teenage son, they're thinking differently than yeah. we are. And these are the guys yeah. in five, 10 years that are going to be driving a lot of this stuff. So uh, we as business owners uh, really have to start paying attention to some of those things. And, and you said something that was really critical and, and is that, you know, these things are popping up. Would you like to buy offsets? Would you like to do this? But right now it's purely a voluntary one way spending money to do this. And it's a pretty ad hoc basis. And so to me, that's not going to create enough difference and enough impact to really do anything, you know, similarly, like, so for me personally, I, I've, you know, let me go backwards. Like there's, there's different layers to this. So, you know, there's our individual footprints as people, there's our family footprints, there's our business footprint. The business side starts to get complicated. There's, there's scope one, scope two, scope three emissions. Some are upstream, some are downstream. It's not really intuitive to me. Like flights are like scope three. I would have think those are scope. Like if you're flying for business, but it's really somebody else's carbon you're burning when you're on their plane, you know, like if you own a delivery service, your gas is scope one, but if I ship you something from my financial services company, that's uh, scope two or two or three. I'm getting myself con- so I find it kind of <laughs> hard to follow sometimes. I'm like, sure. there are some really good calculators online that are pretty easy to do if you want to figure it out for yourself. Um, but what the way I've sort of looked at it is what's my own footprint, and I kind of look. There's three ways that we can actually address it. One is behavioral change. Two is through technological change and three is through actually reduction of carbon and extracting it from the environment. And so like I I alluded to it earlier, like I just don't know that I trust everybody to turn into hippies and stop flying and stop doing the things we know to be bad because of our lifestyle. Uh, You know, I've made a bunch of changes, but that's just my choice. I've made more changes through technology. I have an electric car now. I actually changed my house from gas to electric and, and I'm lucky. I live in British Columbia where a lot of our power is clean. It's from um, hydroelectric. So like we don't have coal plants to, to heat our homes. So like I've made a bunch of those changes. Um, but it's really the third piece that took me from reducing my, my footprint to actually making it fully neutral. And the way I look at it for myself is I'm neutral. So is my business, but I've actually made my business, my employees and all of my employees, families neutral as well in aggregate. So like mm-hmm. that's something that that we can actually make available as people are, you know, if we're going to hire somebody who's young, who's actually quite excited about this, that's really starting to have impact for them as well. Hmm. That's interesting. If I'm a small business owner, I don't, what would you say like are some things that you're seeing out there are, 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 are people are doing, you know, it, it, this is, this is a really interesting concept to me. And in general, I think that there are ways that we can do this. And I think it's, for me, you can actually gamify it a little bit and and have fun with it as well. But are there some things that you could point to from examples? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that I'm, I, I got involved with, um, not too long ago is it's a, it's a recapture project that it's, it's, it's actually an agroforestry project where there's a particular species of tree that it's a fast growing hardwood. It's planted in more of like a Southern type climate, tropical climate. And uh, it's a regenerative tree. So once you chop it, it regrows up to six or seven times. Hmm. And so what the, the way that actually profit is generated in the project is through forestry. 
So you're actually doing typical forestry of hardwood to generate profits. And then as the and then on top of that, verified carbon units. The verified carbon units is also um, a bit of a complicated thing. And there's certain bodies that actually have to go in and test and evidence that a certain amount of carbon is extracted. The reason why I like this project as opposed to some others is because A, it's it's verified carbon units. Not all carbon credits are created equal. Like if you buy that one on that plane, like for the plane, it's it's just hard to know where it's going. It's kind of like anything else. Do you really know the source? So, you know, I did the digging on this, so no pun intended. Um, and so the, 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 the other benefit of this particular species of tree, it, it retains the carbon after it's logged. Certain types of trees actually lose their carbon. Um, carbon is retained in the, in the soil. So there's soils regenerated because these projects are done and deforested, um, or agriculture where the, uh, where they've over farmed and they can't grow anymore in the farmed area. So it's actually regenerating soil, uh, carbon in the soil and in the root systems. So it's actually a long-term uh, um, play, but generally speaking, if you want to say carbon credits are 10 bucks per ton of carbon, the same thing exists here, but there's also a double digit IRR over the length of the project. So while there's an investment up front, one of the things I'm working on and I'm in process, and by the way, if anybody's listening and has any leads or you guys have leads, what, what my goal is actually to put together a loan fund to find an organization, and I, I have a couple of those conversations started in Canada, I'm looking to do a couple in the US, where their mandate is supporting projects like this, which will allow small business to take a loan to make this investment so they can become carbon neutral, mitigate their risk, and have a much smaller investment up front. Everybody has to have a bit of skin in the game, right? It's There's no, there's no free rides. But rather than having to do the full investment, let's say you a $100,000 investment, maybe it's a $10,000 investment, but over the life of the project, you're getting double digit returns. So that's kind of the vision for this project. It's it's fairly new. There's there's risks associated with it, just like any kind of new concept, new technology. But of all the things I've seen, this is why I've leaned into this one, because as I've done more and more diligence and I'm continuing to diligence it, I, I, uh, I'll embarrassingly say I invested in it before I did my full diligence, but they're doing another round and I'm involved in the second round and really wanting to. So before I put any, any more into it, <laughs> I want to diligent it a bit, diligence it a bit better. But to me, that's super exciting. And, and kind of the extension of that is this is sort of what, what I see as part of my future is bringing solutions like this and other things that are going to help create a, a, a better planet over time. So. Yeah, that's that's kind of the concept of a project that I that uh, that's of interest to me right now. So Spencer, as as if I'm a you know, I am a business owner, and and let's say I don't know a lot about carbon. Yeah, you know, where do I where do I, I know the internet? I can probably go Google it, but I mean, what are some things you've found, or where have you gone to find out more about this? Because definitely, you're much more knowledgeable about it than than I am. Let's put it that way, um, and help it help us understand you know. How can we get yeah. there without without depending on the government to tell us what to do? I mean, to me, you're, yeah. you're being proactive and trying to to get out ahead of it versus having the government dictate to us yeah. whatever we're going to have to do at some point in time. Yeah. So, I mean, I um, a lot of it just came from starting conversations with people um, and asking questions and finding knowledge. With people. I actually like reached out to a couple of people from local universities and just had conversations with them. Um, 
you know, kind of, as you say, as a business owner, you know, a lot of business owners. And like one of my friends who actually also owns a financial services business in a very different sector, he, uh, one of the people that works for him does ESG compliance work. So I sat down and we had an hour conversation. I just asked, okay, well, explain to me a little bit more. Uh, uh, let me understand what's happening in the ESG regulatory environment so I can get a sense of what may be coming down the pipe. And then, uh, and kind of, you know, the other thing, Dennis, you and I met uh, when you came to one of my talks and, you know, I, I how do I say this? Um, you know, I always used to think I was an entrepreneur that was pretty good at speaking and writing. And now I feel like I'm actually a storyteller that understands business. And so for me, the way I actually go about it now is I'm here to tell a story and then I need to go find the people to backfill the knowledge that I need to fill. So I know it sounds silly, but like if you go to the internet and start reading these white papers, they're pretty rough and they're pretty dry. <laughs> and I also don't need to go in and read all the doomsday scenarios. I know we've got a problem. Right. Or at least I'm in the camp that believes we have a problem that needs to be addressed. So, you know, can I explain what the Paris Climate Accord is? No, <laughs> I can't. I know it's about reducing emissions by 2050, et cetera, et cetera. But like, I don't know enough detail. I just for me, it's about understanding enough to know what are the good decisions and what are the bad decisions. And I, I wish I, I had that, a better answer for you. And I, no, and I think that's the you know one of the challenges we all face of just trying to understand. Okay, you know, people don't realize where all that carbon comes from, and some of yeah. it's just taken for granted. You know, it just happens. Um, you know, like you said, you've bought the electric car. We're actually looking at getting rid of a car and, and having one car and having a golf cart because it's like yeah, we don't need we don't need two cars. I mean, and so part of that that's is the not behavioral carbon. change piece. Yeah, but not I mean, everybody's yeah. willing to do that. <laughs> Yeah, and part of it's, you know, hey, it's a cost savings on insurance and all this other yep. stuff, but it's also going to be the carbon thing as well. And so it's just looking at those different avenues and how, and, and you know, and that, a lot for us, it's being driven by the city that I'm in is looking at putting more bike trails and more yeah. cart paths in that now literally we can, we'll be able to go all over town on a, in a golf cart that before I couldn't get there. Um, so, I mean, there's just different things like that, that the government, have, the government uh, plays a part of. You might have range anxiety on your golf cart. That's that's a big thing for people in electric cars, right? Like, oh, can I get to where I'm going? I know. I told my wife, <laughs> my wife was all upset about it. I'm like, worst case, we both have to go somewhere. One of us is going to Uber. I mean, it's like, yeah. okay, I don't care. you know, it's like, it's not the, it's way not cheaper the than having two cars anyway. Exactly. Yeah, I, mean, the, I, I just pulled up a, a document that I, I kind of refer to is, you know, the, the there is a couple of carbon calculators that I think just going through the process can be very informative. So from a business perspective, it's climateneutral.org backslash B, B-E-E. And that's where I go when I'm just trying to like get a quick sample on, you know, what emissions is for my business or somebody else's business. And it actually breaks it down into kind of a cool, it's a really simple thing. It's based on averages. You know, of course, the paid version is to go in and customize it exactly for your business but you can go in and start to see the upstream and downstream impacts of your business. Now, fortunately for me, as a financial services business that's fully remote, our footprint is actually quite low, like on, on a relative basis. Um, but but again, that but being remote is, I'm assuming, has a plays a part into that. So if you had totally. to have all your people drive into a central yep. spot, 100%. that adds carbon. And so working from And then home, you've got a space that needs to be heated and right. all the other stuff. 
So yeah, there's and, some and of these people still, are doing there's there's some people that are already doing things that yeah. they don't even realize that they're doing for carbon, which is totally. you know, the work from home model is kind of helping there in some it yeah. could be in some cases. And then the other extension is there's a lot of really good uh, individual calculators. And and my suggestion there is try and find something that's relatively close to the jurisdiction you're in. So like for me, so I'm in Vancouver and over on the island, there's a little town called Saanich. There's actually a really, really good carbon calculator for individuals in Saanich. And the reason I chose that is because it's on the same power grid as we are. So that's going to give a good example. But it literally gets down to like, I took the time to... Um, uh, to like look at all my gas bills, look at all my hydro bill, my, my electric bills, how much did I drive? How much did I fly? It even goes down to like how many bags of garbage are you putting out every week? Because then based on that, it can make some assumptions. But like each time I did that, it's like, oh, I didn't think about that. Oh, I didn't think about that. My uh, I had an on-demand hot water system, which actually crapped out on me. I went back to a hot water tank because it's electric. It doesn't, you know, so like just that one change had a fairly significant impact on my emissions. So there's lots of actually things we can do that don't actually change or make worse our life. And that that's the whole thing that I want to bring is I want to have these impacts, but I don't want everybody have to become a, and I'm, I'm not picking on hippies here, but I'm doing it for the illustration, but like, you know, <laughs> we're, we're, we're actually choose Like I want to continue to live a lifestyle that I enjoy while have, while minimizing the impact. Cool. President Biden just signed the climate change and the healthcare bill. And just glancing over it, I'm, I'm not one to have looked every line on it, but the, the idea here is by the year 2050, he wants to become a, a, a zero carbon type of country. He, that's really, yeah. It seems to me, and you know, just understanding that we as entrepreneurs, there's going to be incentives along the way that we yeah. should be able to take advantage of. And if we are not, it could be in the form of a grant. It could be in the form of receiving certain contracts and whatnot. Tax it seems incentives. to me, Spencer, yeah, it seems yeah. to me, Spencer, that there's opportunity missed right there. And if we're talking yeah. about how to profit from that, that's one obvious way that yeah. for, for those of us who don't think that there's an opportunity out there, we need to start doing some research on that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as you said, grant, there, there are a lot of grants. There's a lot of tax incentives um, that will be coming out. Uh, you know, I'm not an expert in this either. So like, I don't want to, I don't want to put myself forward as understanding that climate plan. Um, but there is going to be a lot of change and a lot of impact. And it's like, okay, for me, one of the, the shifts here, and one of the things as I've started to explore this with more and more people, I'm noticing everybody kind of leaning in. Right. There's mm -hmm. occasionally people like, OK, cool. And they walk the other way. But most people are leaning in. Most people want to have an impact. And so as a business owner, when we think about higher purpose, when we think about having impact, when you think about if we're heading into some tougher times, how what are we going to do? We can talk about some of the basics that, that are important. But, you know, like if you can actually during those difficult times being leaning in towards a place that where you have a lot more passion, that's actually kind of like a. How do I, what's the right word? An intangible benefit. If you're like actually looking to, you know, well, if we can do this with our business or we can offer a different service, you know, if we're in consulting, can we do some consult? Can we find some grants? Like I said, I'm actually looking to set up funds to actually help entrepreneurs apply and get loans for this. That's mm. a total something different that I haven't done before. Um, oh. I mean, I've done it before for other purposes, but not for this. So I'm actually right. pulling it together with purpose. So um, I think I think you're right. I think there's going to be a ton of opportunity. Just like it's it's such a weird thing to say, but in in every recession, there's a ton of opportunity 
for those that are willing to look for it and find it and be adaptable and make those changes. Spencer, the, the, the excitement in your voice. And really for me, this is a, this is a very interesting topic. I I could know I could talk to you about this for hours and, and maybe one day when we get together, we will do that. But I think that, yeah, I think that's, there's a lot more that there is to this. And I know that you um, probably would love to talk to some other folks who might have some interest and some ideas associated with that. How can people get a hold of you and maybe some things that they can take a look at in being able to reach out to you? How can they get a hold of you and talk to you a little bit about this? Yeah, no, I'd love to. I mean, the, the, first of all, my, my email is spencer at 864performance.com. And if you're wondering, that sounds like a weird thing. Do, do either of you know, have I done this with you before? What's the, what is 86,400? What does that number represent? Uh, no. <laughs> what do you know that? Idea. It's the number of seconds in a day. We can only spend them. We can't find oh, them. So how do we maximize okay. our 86,400 every day? So 864performance.com. Uh, feel free to reach out. And really like there's a, I mean, I, I'm happy to ask for help in this. Number one, uh, if if you're interested in this project as a potential investment, I'd love to talk about it, share more about my path in doing that. By the way, I don't own this company. I have, I'm have i not an equity holder in this company. I am looking to put together some investment uh, uh, baskets for the company. Um, so happy to do that. Um, you know, if you have, if you're aware of anything that could help small and medium business help uh, pardon me, help small and medium business make a positive impact on the planet and do it profitably. I'd love to talk to you about that as well. Um, and also, if you uh, know any funds that this might sound like a mandate friendly project, I'm happy to do that. I'm looking at multiple avenues of creating multiple funding sources for entrepreneurs so they can really have a positive impact. Spencer Sheenan. The entrepreneur, accountant, extraordinaire. Thank you so much for joining us today. This was truly enlightening. I really uh, took a bunch of notes here and and this is really exciting Uh, for all of you out there. I hope that you took away some information too as well. Thanks again, Spencer, for coming on. We'll have you again. You know, we love having you on the show here. So thanks so much for stopping by. Thank you, Benny. Thank you, Dan. It's great to be here. You've been listening to WFH with two guys. We'll see you next time.